0: Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The End in Mind. I'm your host, Caitlin, and I'm really excited to welcome Kara on our podcast today. Thanks so much for being here.
1: Yeah, I'm very excited. Thank you so much, Caitlin.
0: Yay. Thank you so much. Well, we were just sharing for the audience. We are actually very close in location to one another, which rarely happens on the end in mind. Some of our episode guests have been across the seas. You know, they tend to be in every different part of the world. So that's always fun. And can you just start by sharing a little bit more about yourself, what you do, giving us some of your background?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's quite a synchronicity that we happen to be local to each other. You never know. Um, So um, I consider myself a growth advisor and a scaling strategist, and I've been doing that for the past 15 years now. I'm also a mother. So while raising my family, um, I've been working with companies to grow them to multi-seven figures. Over the years, You know, I've been doing it for quite a long time, and now I have a program where I help other people scale their businesses, the Balance and Scale Method Program. That's really like my life's work, going into one place where I'm supporting entrepreneurs and getting themselves to that place. I feel like when people first start out in their business they don't really know maybe what's possible. And um, I want to help inspire others to know that it's possible to achieve something that maybe your heart doesn't even know that you want quite yet.
0: Wow, well said. I feel like a lot of us get into entrepreneurship for maybe one reason, and then it becomes a slew of another, you know, at least for myself, a healing journey. You know, a lot has been thrown into building this business. So I would love to ask you, like, what is your biggest tip when it comes to scaling, especially if a business owner is maybe earlier on in their scaling journey?
1: Yeah, I think you kind of said it there, Caitlin, like it's personal growth. You know, business, it's about strategy. Yes, it's about change it's about growing and changing so that you can keep progressing in whatever way that's going to be comfortable and work for you and there's so many methods out there you know you have to do this webinar this way you have to do cold calls like there's so many different methods to marketing and really what i say is that there's no right way to do anything that's has to be what feels really, truly aligned to you. I, I had somebody I worked with in the past and they wanted to do a webinar, but they weren't that animated in their speaking and it was kind of boring and it didn't really help them get to the where where they wanted to go. And so what we do is help people focus on being really aligned with themselves. And that that's what I would say. And that's what I've learned on the journey is like, you have to tune into yourself. I talk about let's do what feels good for our soul, right? You know, there's a way to do things, but there's not one way that's definitely going to work. The other big part of it is to help people focus on making data-driven decisions. So, you know, we can talk a little bit more about that, but I would tell people who are just getting started out is, you know, you do have to grow, you do have to change. There's not an easy way just to do something. There's no secret perfect stamp I'm going to send your way and your business is going to grow the way you want it to. We have lots of cool strategies that work, but... You have to be willing to change and level up yourself as a human.
0: Oh, I love it. This is going to be such a great conversation because even like in my own experience, in my own business, when I wasn't looking at the mindset and I was just kind of pushing, pushing, scaling, scaling I basically crumbled, you know, under the pressure. So can you talk about some of that and really what can happen when you don't get the foundational support like following your intuition in order to create and scale long-term?
1: Yeah, I love that question. And I think anybody who's had success with a business also has had a crash and burn or two or three. And um, one of the things that I love to focus on with people is creating your own no manifesto. I say it's really what you're no longer available for. And that's something that, you know, your listeners can start to do right now. Very actionable is really start to write down, open a note in your phone, get out a sheet of paper, your journal, and start to allow yourself to tune into what doesn't feel good. You know, I feel like so much of our day is like, you just keep going, you show up and you just do the things. And the next thing you know, you're kind of burning out because you're not really tuned into yourself So, you know, I say, a like for me, that was just the move that made all the difference. And it always is for all the clients I work with. It's always their favorite thing. What are you no longer available for? And by allowing that, you kind of get it out, you know, but it also helps you move forward. And and that's one way to prevent burnout for yourself is to be super honest with yourself. You know, is this working? Do I like this? I, I had that experience myself, Caitlin, where, you know, it's like I created a really thriving business that I, I don't want to say I hated it, but like, it was just too much. And, you know, being a mama for myself, um, you know, having worked for all the years, I I know what burnout feels like, and I know what it is. And when you start to crave not having that feeling in your life and knowing that there's a, a more aligned way to do things, you know, that's what you want to attract to. So for everybody who's listening, I would say, you know, be smarter than maybe Caitlin and I were and start to identify that sooner for yourself, what doesn't feel aligned. So that's, I think that's like my best tip about how to really try to avoid burnout for yourself.
0: Great advice, because the alternative is like you said, I shared on the podcast, so like I created my own jail cell that I ran away from, you know, at the nonprofit and at my previous jobs, even working for other entrepreneurs full time, you know, it wasn't like I could control my schedule or have the freedom. And I basically just took that model and created it for myself, which was really hard to have that difficult conversation. Like I had to dissolve everything and rebuild, you know, from the ground up, which it sounds like you've had similar experiences.
1: Yeah, I have. I have. I can relate to that a lot. And, you know, you you feel the feelings when you're saying it because you remember that. And one of the biggest things I put on my No Manifesto is, that I am no longer available to be responsible for other people's outcomes. And I think that's a mistake a lot of entrepreneurs make in the beginning is basically you create a job for yourself and you're just so happy that someone's going to pay you. But we have to really tune into what do we really want and how do we want to really feel with what we're creating so that we're saying yes to the right things. You know, Eventually you want to turn that no into a yes. What am I available for? So freeing yourself from not being available to be responsible for people's outcomes, because it's just impossible. You just actually can't do it. I think is, is another really powerful step that you can take and to avoid that mistake in your, in your business as you get started out. It's also okay to do things that earn you money when you're starting out too. It doesn't mean that that's your destiny and that's all you're worth. You know, you can grow and scale your business and it's okay. I say to do things that make money You know, for the temporary, whatever they are for you.
0: Oh my gosh, well said. I was actually just chatting with a client who's been a long term client with me one on one, more coaching. And I was saying the same thing to her like, it is still building the income to support the business before you go and you pay for automation, or maybe you even pay for new branding. Like, why get in if you don't have the cash flow? Can you talk about some of the that work that you help your clients with to create some cash flow to hopefully help them project and scale further?
1: Yeah, I mean, the most important strategy is to sell before you build. You know, so make sure that what you're selling, people actually want it. you are actually solving a big enough problem that people are going to buy it. So, you know, providing services is one thing, but really to get the time freedom, we have to get in a place where we're not trading our time for money. And we're selling something that's a little bit different. And so to get yourself in that place, you know, you have to really be mindful of not putting yourself in a situation where you're just like, here's, here's what I can do for you. And here's what that's going to look like.
0: Right. Because then you get so into the structure. It's really interesting. Like my one client, we were talking about this. It's kind of like your identity, right? Where you have like your mom identity or like for me, my dog mom identity. And then I have my business identity and they're two very different identities. But through the healing, I realized how holistic a lot of the strategies that I was learning like can be applied to maybe my puppy momming um, where maybe I wasn't applying it before because I just didn't see the overlap or how it would impact like my actual internal relationships are those areas that you also help your clients with or is that something that they normally come you know already primed with before working with you
1: of course we have to work on mindset, you know, most importantly I would say with the clients I work with. Especially, you know, as you get scaling and you get bringing more revenue, you know, you have different problems to solve and when you get to different levels, there's a whole you that has to shift and change. And I was even just saying that to someone in the past week, I was saying how, you know, like I have to change like those stories that I was telling myself they're just not true anymore. And I feel like that kind of goes on repeat for you and just because it's not true on the outside. Maybe you are getting the clients that you wanted or selling your product or whatever it is, but sometimes it takes some work on the inside to bring yourself there. And entrepreneurship can be a really lonely place. Uh, You know, I found a lot of people struggle with their motivation. And so one of the things we talk about is really how do you be high performance? How do you catch yourself before you really get in a rut? I, I just heard from a client last night that said, yeah, the truth is I've just not been feeling motivated. And today, I met with another client and it was the same thing. Like, yeah, kind of been out of touch. Haven't been doing the things. Um, So pace yourself, you know, as an entrepreneur, like don't just go all in, only hustle. I have an article actually on my website. Maybe you can link it, Caitlin. It's a blog article and there's a video. It's hustle or anti-hustle. And which one should you be? And in the article, I'm really saying some of both, you know, you have to be some of both like to sit here and think that you're just going to manifest everything you want and it will just happen on its own. Well, I don't subscribe to that line of thinking, but I do believe that, you know, the universe is going to line up for us when we get really clear on what our desires are. And when we're clear on our desires, then we start to take aligned action without having to push ourselves to do it. So again, it comes back to that. What do you want to happen here? How do you want to feel when you really allow yourself the time I'm talking about daily time, right? Not once a year where you're doing your planning like daily time. Like this morning, I wrote down my goals, right? What are my goals right now? And I was looking back at some goals from last year and I was like, wow, reminding myself, yeah, this really works when you focus on things, they actually grow. So I would encourage everybody to really don't be afraid to hustle, but also, you know, take time to really get clear on what you want every single day.
0: Yeah, that's great advice too. And even if like on my end, sometimes it's writing my to-do list is my goals, you know, because maybe I have been putting some of it off and what works for me is a little bit more flexibility I've found. So I might have a to-do list that by the end of the week it needs to be completed, but it doesn't have to be done like on Monday, you know, where that perfectionism would come in and then the inner critic comes in and it can kind of snowball from there. So I, look, I think that that's great advice, even just writing down a few goals so you know where you're putting your time. And also looking at some of those data-driven results will help you understand where you should be putting some of that time. Can you explain a little bit more of that for the listeners too?
1: Yeah. So I'm all about you know not doing the guessing game when it comes to entrepreneurship when you're starting out and when you're already making six figures. And so we focus on, I say, a seven-figure behavior behavior. Is making data driven decisions. You can imagine no business out there that's bringing in seven, eight figures is not making data driven decisions. They're not right, like, oh, Caitlin had a good idea today. Let's just try it. Uh, maybe with some innovation. But so, really want to focus and start early for yourself on collecting data. You know, if you're doing outreach for lead generation on social media, you want to keep track of how many people did I have to contact each day or in a week to get X amount of appointments booked. So then you can almost try to beat yourself, right? That's the motivation there is. Okay, so I did this. All right, maybe I need to increase the number. I'm not getting the amount of calls I want and really kind of reverse engineer. So how you want to feel, what you want to happen, you can achieve with your actions if you're clear on them. So I love what you said, you know, about having that flexibility. And I think that's really something for everyone to think about is in leadership, it is about being flexible. And when you get to the place where you have a team that you're managing, you're going to have to notice those qualities in your team. This morning, I was talking to my team And what you just said made me think of it. One person doesn't love as much structure and she can really get creative and she can kind of manage the ship in that way. And another person, you know, really wants the structure. Like I want the exact directions on what to do. And it's good to have a little of both in your own life, also in your team, you know, just not judge yourself, right. For how are you are? Like you said, you're giving yourself some grace and give yourself some warmth, some care. I posted a story about that on Instagram today, you know, of, of the encouraging yourself of what you're doing.
0: Yeah, oh my gosh, it's great advice with the team too. It's funny for the listeners as well, this will probably hit home if you have a team, you're no longer just managing your own emotions. You're managing the team's emotions, the client's emotions, again, the puppy's emotions, <laughs> whoever <can laughs> be in your environment, right? And it can feel overwhelming. Um, a lot of our listeners are also highly sensitive entrepreneurs. So it might even feel way more overwhelming for someone like us. Um, and I think it's really important to have that self care piece. And I also loved what you mentioned about the data. That's actually something we do at Meraki, where we look at the the analytics of the back ends of the insights for our clients. And then we show them how to repurpose some of that high performing content, which I think is really just about, like you said, not creating the wheel, recreating the wheel, I should say, maybe with some innovation you're going in, but you still have the data to drive you. And a lot of us have it, but we're maybe just not harnessing it. So do you help your clients understand and be able to look at that those analytics or those numbers and really be make it digestible for themselves.
1: Yes. I think, you know, being very low tech and very fad proof is something that's really important because I'd say the first thing is that data scares people. Um, You know, it goes back to just thinking about a budget for yourself or your business. So many people like don't want to actually put the pen to paper and get that clarity, but the people who do give themselves clarity with data are, kicking themselves. Why didn't I do that sooner? Right. Because you could have been recreating something that really performed well in the business, whether it's on social media, whether it's on messaging for lead generation, whether it's on sales, you know, if you're putting all that work and energy into it, one of the big mistakes, Caitlin, that people make a lot is they just keep creating new things, right? It's like that didn't feel good. Not as many people contacted me from that workshop I did or post I put out there or whatever as I wanted to. Now I feel bad So it must be me. I must need to do something different. And that's usually not the case. So if you look at your data, then you're looking at what the end result is that you want to come in mind. And that's where you can kind of use your intuition and tune into yourself, give yourself that space and say, how do I get myself there? And the data is what's going to help you get there. I saw a really good quote recently. It's my new favorite quote. It's like, um, you know, in God we trust, but everyone else must bring data. And I just thought that was so clever. And that's kind of how I live my life for all things is you have to bring data because it's empowering. It's the opposite of what you think data is. It's actually empowering because then you can use it to elicit change in your business, in yourself. And that's how you can start to have a little more of the control that you want to feel. And that's what gets you closer to that predictable and reliable revenue. And that's, that's what everybody's really craving is some predictability, some comfort and revenue. And that's how you start to get there is really making those data-driven decisions.
0: Such amazing! I love everything that you said. I'm like yes, yes, yes. I'm shaking my head. It's perfectly said, and like that's why I designed the End in Mind podcast too, because I wanted people to go in with their end goals, like you said at the top. And then you're also saying how you utilize the data to get to the end goal, because a lot of us do. We might not even know. It's the fear of the unknown, and then we just sit with it, and we're stuck in this pattern that you're describing. And you can free yourself. the data. So if you guys haven't been looking at your data for our listeners, definitely go ahead and pull some things apart and don't be afraid, like go in with the non-judgment, go in with some grace, and you'll be surprised what you find. Some of your content is probably doing a lot better than you thought too.
1: That's the truth. That's what you always find. It's like, you know, and and there's no mistakes. It's all learning, right? So learning, hey, you know, that thing I thought was going to work, it actually didn't work out that good. You made me think of something funny, Caitlin. I was you know, reorganizing my office. And I was wanting to have it feel different. I said, I'm going to get a standing desk. I told my husband, you go to the store, get me the standing desk. I have a treadmill under the desk in the other room. And in this room, I want to focus on my health. So I'm going to stand more for meetings. I can't be on the treadmill. And I was talking to my health coach about this and she suggested to me, why don't you just try to stand at your current desk, you know, a few minutes a day and see how you do with that first. And I had to laugh about that for myself because like many people are listening, we might be all or nothing, right? It's like if I need to collect data, then I need to hire somebody who knows how to do it. And I need to have the perfect analytics set up. And so I'm sharing, you know, making fun of myself a little bit like, hey, just get out a piece of paper and write it down to start with for your data. You know, for me, why don't I see if I actually stand up at this desk a little bit and then I can decide if I need that other bigger, better, better thing. So just get out a piece of paper. Don't get fancy. Just allow yourself to really connect with what do you want to happen, right? If I want to be making this much money, how much do I charge the people I work with? Or how much is my program? Okay, how many do I need to have sold in a month? Great. Now let's start to figure out how many conversations do we need to have to make that to happen? What are the channels that they can happen? So keep it simple.
0: Oh, that's great advice. Thank you so much, Kara. I feel like we pack so much in this episode. You know, I don't want to overwhelm people too much, but I know they're going to love everything that you mentioned and you even gave us some tangible steps. So for our listeners, give it a go and definitely reach out to Kara once you be able to see how much you've impacted yourself, even without the expert. And then of course, you can hopefully DM her and connect with her as well. Can you share with us how we should connect with you?
1: Absolutely. You can connect with me on any platform, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. And I do have on my website, um, on the get started tab, you can go to carareninger.com schedule. And I have a free masterclass about, you know, what you need to be thinking about when you're working on scaling and scaling starts from the very beginning. It's not when you hit a certain number and there's a link on there that you can schedule an appointment with me. If you want to have a free scaling, scaling analysis for yourself.
0: Oh, that's great. I love how you said, you know, you're scaling from the jump. So don't think that you need to be at six figures in order to scale to seven. This is about the foundational mindset too, for everybody tuning in. Thank you so much again. This was so great.
1: Yeah. I had a great time. Thank you so much, Caitlin.